we're in a sermon series on the commands of Jesus. Um, Jesus says, if you have my commands and do them, you love me. And so we've got to have them. We've got to do them. That's all there is to it. And uh, so if I were to ask you, what are the commands of Jesus? You might be able to give me two or three, but there are about 50 in the New Testament that he has given us imperatives, commands to do. And this is one of them. And I've never preached on this passage either um, because it frightens me. But it's something we need to be aware of. Matthew 7, verses 15 through 20 says this. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Have you ever heard of wolves in sheep's clothing? That's where the phrase comes from. You will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? So every sound tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears evil fruit. A sound tree cannot bear evil fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will know them by their fruits. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Let's pray together. Father, as we come this morning to consider another command that Jesus gave us, help us be aware of those around us who would pretend to be sheep, who would pretend to be speaking for you and have a word from you, but in reality have ulterior motives that would lead us astray. We want to be aware of that in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is a command that Jesus gave us um, because it's, it's uncomfortable. And, and I don't want to be judged. I don't want to be criticized. But let me just give you permission right here, right now. If I ever say anything that's not biblical or not scriptural, if I ever do anything that's not scriptural, I give you permission to confront me and challenge me. And you can do that with your Sunday school teacher too, with anybody who purports to preach the, the scripture or who has a word from the Lord or who teaches the Bible. Listen to them, respect them, but at the same time measure what they say, weigh what they say by God's word. And if they venture off, if they vary from God's word in any way, go to them and challenge them and confront them. I can't imagine anything more important than being aware of wolves in sheep's clothing. Jesus says, beware. Beware is the first word of this passage. It is a command. Be careful. Guard yourselves. He's seeking to protect us from one of the most dangerous things in the world, a false prophet, someone who appears to speak for God and they have all the authority and, and they speak dogmatically and they seem sincere and they seem genuine and other people are following them. But you detect in them a word of inauthenticity. If they say something that does not jive with Scripture, you are required to beware and to challenge them and not to follow them. Every generation will have false prophets. That's just all there is to it. And we need to be careful. We need to be wary. We need to be aware. We need to beware of what they're doing. Let me give you a little background as we get started. Prophets in Jesus' day wore sheepskin. 
I think it comes from the time when shepherds wore sheepskin and they wore it with the fleece out um, and they used it for warmth and for covering and for protection. And that's why a lot of times prophets were described as having a hairy mantle. You read about that in the Old Testament and, and John the Baptist also wore a hairy mantle. And I wonder if some of these prophets were kind of following, modeling themselves after John the Baptist as a prophet. And they would go around and they would pretend to speak on behalf of God. Folks were wearing the garb of a prophet, but they had no word from the Lord. But they were going around making a living doing that anyway. Because, let's face it, Christians or, or followers of Jesus are just kind and generous and and. Um, and, and people come and prey upon that so easily. Um, they, these, these prophets, even false prophets, at the beginning were respected because they said they had a word from the Lord and they sacrificed things, their home, their family, everything to travel around. The Greek word is peripatetic. They, the word means walking around. They were just like an itinerant evangelist, an itinerant revival preacher, tent revival. They would just go from place to place and preach and some of them were sincere, and some of them were just making a living. Um, it was open to abuse and imposed on the generosity of the church. As a matter of fact, there was a Jewish writing that said, if a prophet comes and he stays for one day, respect him. If he stays for two days, respect him. But if he stays for three days or longer, put him out, because he is a false prophet. Because he has apparently their thinking is that he had come and just was making a living um, by staying and saying the same word over and over again. Do you, how many of you remember Jim and Tammy Faye Baker in the 80s? Heritage USA. Jim and Tammy Faye sold more timeshares to their um, Heritage USA than they could fulfill. And uh, they made a ton of money. And I actually had a church member in my last church who, who bought a timeshare. And I went online this past week and looked up Heritage USA. It is a sad place that is rotting down today. I don't think any of those timeshares were ever fulfilled. And I remember in, also in the 80s, there was a, a television evangelist by the name of Reverend Ike. Do you remember Reverend Ike's blessing plan? I saw that and heard that. He, was, uh, he would ride around in a limousine. He had a chauffeur in the back seat. I remember seeing on TV, had a leopard skin upholstery. And I actually heard a, a reporter come to him one time and say, Reverend Ike's blessing plan, by the way, was basically you give Reverend Ike your money and he gets the blessing. But uh, I remember hearing a reporter say, Reverend Ike, isn't it true that it's more difficult for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven? You know what Reverend Ike said? He said, that's true, brother. If you want to get to heaven, you better give me all your money. That's what he said. And I'm sitting there, man, it scares me. I mean, we, I don't want to make fun of these guys, but, but it breaks my heart. The people that they, the innocent, trusting people that they prey upon the damage it does to the kingdom, the harm it does to the reputation of preachers everywhere. Because non-Christians look at folks like that and say, if that's what Christianity is all about, I don't want anything to do with it. Do you remember Ernest Angsley? I looked him up this week. He is uh, a faith healer, and he is in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. He is 93 years old, 
and they said his, they estimated his net worth at $1 billion. One billion, Creflo Dollar in Atlanta just got a jet. Do you remember that a couple months ago? His church voted to, to give him an expensive $25 million jet so he could get to where he needed to preach. It, it frightens me. It frightens me. Because just because someone calls themselves a preacher or a prophet, and they talk about, um, they talk about the rapture, the second coming, they, they purport to heal people, um, and they beg for money to do the Lord's work. Beware, Jesus says, be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Beware of those who would prey upon you and steal from you and do damage to the kingdom of God. Leah Remini, it was, I was watching the news this week. Did you see her on Good Morning America or ABC News? She was big into Scientology and she's written a book called Troublemaker. She's come out of Scientology after 30 years, three decades, and has written an expose of that religion. Of course, the uh, higher ups in Scientology are, are casting aspersions on her, but she's just saying what it was like to be in that religion and, and the control that it exerted over every part of her life. It is so sad. The damage that's done in the name of Jesus in every generation. And so Jesus says, beware, be smart, realize what folks are saying and doing and be careful. The disguise, wolves in sheep's clothing, well, of course, someone isn't going to come in and be in wolves' clothing, what they really are, because they wouldn't fool anybody. And so they wear sheep's clothing, they look like a prophet, they sound like a prophet, and they might actually start out preaching a good word. And Christians, we are so susceptible, we're so trusting, we're, we're so innocent in that ways at times, we're easy pickings for people who would take advantage of Christians. Jesus is not talking about Sadducees and Pharisees here as false prophets because everybody knows who they are. He's talking about folks who come in under the guise of being a follower of Jesus, who come in with a disguise of being part of the church. He knows that Christians will not go along with open heresy, open blasphemy that is just out there but someone who comes in like a sheep and looks like a sheep and talks like a sheep may really be a wolf in sheep's clothing. So be careful. I've heard so many sad stories of pastors who came to a church and disguised who they really were, called by a pulpit committee. John knows, called to a church um, and, and started off for a year or two preaching comfortable things that the church was familiar with, but eventually veered off on their own or started preaching a different message other than Christ and, and took advantage of a church. And it would split a church down the middle because there will always be people who will follow the pastor no matter what, and there'll be people who stand up to him no matter what. And it will always divide a church. The word for false prophet in verse 15 is a simple word, is pseudo-prophetes in the Greek. Pseudo means what? False. Prophetes, prophet. So it's beware of false prophets, just like it sounds. They pretend to have a message from God. They say they have a word from the Lord, but in reality they are deceivers of the truth. 
and they want to deceive you. They want to trick you. They want to take advantage of you. So Jesus says, how do you know? Well, there are two tests. There are two tests for deceivers of the truth. The first one is their doctrine, their teaching. Now, I'm not talking about somebody that you just openly disagree with, because if they have a misunderstanding of the Scripture, if they misinterpret the Scripture, you just gently correct them. It says in Acts 18, 26, do you remember when uh, Apollos was preaching? He was eloquent, well-versed in Scriptures. He had been instructed, but he did not know the baptism of Jesus. He only knew the baptism of John. Verse 26, Priscilla and Aquila, when they heard him, they took him and expounded to him the way of God more accurately. If someone is mistaken, if someone is misinterpreting or misunderstanding, just take them aside and expound to them the Word of God more accurately. I'm not, that's not what this is talking about here. This is talking about someone who slowly and subtly and deceptively introduces falsehood over time and does it continuously and is adamant that what they are teaching is true, what they're teaching is right, and what everybody else believes is wrong. They seem harmless, they seem innocuous enough at first, but then the differences begin to appear. And you need to be aware of that. You need to know what you believe. You need to be familiar enough with God's Word that when you hear somebody teaching something different, when you hear someone stand up and preach something contrary to the Scripture, that you will recognize it for what it is and call them out on it. But what if they disguise themselves and their teachings well enough to get, to get by with it for a while? What do you do? How do you recognize them? Then Jesus gives the other example. That's the lifestyle. All prophets claim to speak the truth. All prophets claim to have a word from the Lord. But Jesus says the litmus test is their fruit, their character. Because a true prophet not only speaks the truth, what? He also lives it. He lives it. And so that's why he gives the example, you will know them by their fruits, grapes gathered from thorns, figs from thistles. There was a thorn in Jesus' day called a black thorn, and it looked like a grape at a distance. But if you got close enough to it, if you actually tasted it, you would know it's not a grape. There was a thistle in Jesus' day that looked like a flower from a distance, but if you got, it looked like, it looked like a fig. But if you got up closely enough to it and examined it, you could see it was not a fig. And so Jesus is saying, as goes the root which you cannot see, so goes the fruit which you can see. So you can judge a root by the fruit. You can judge a person's life by how they live. Judge a tree by its fruit, judge a flower by its, by its fruit. And Jesus says, that's what you have to do to people. Listen to what they say. Look at how they're living. And if there's something that doesn't square, if there's something that just doesn't seem right, doesn't mesh, then look at them circumspectly and take a step back and see if there's something wrong 
with what they're doing because teachers can succumb to self-interests so easily. I had a, some, some preach, some people teach the Bible solely for gain, like a television evangelist, some of these guys that are in it just making tons of money and are just doing it for gain. Uh, I shouldn't tell you all this story. We had a guy in seminary who, uh, he needed a new car. And he had a church out in the country and a lady, an elderly lady in his church had just bought a Cadillac. And so he went out that Sunday morning and he preached that God would bless him with a new Cadillac. And he felt like there was somebody in the church who had the ability to give that blessing. He drove back on campus that Monday morning with a new Cadillac. And I'm telling you, we gave him a fit for doing so because he obviously manipulated the situation to acquire a new vehicle and made that elderly lady feel so guilty that she, he talked her into doing so. So some people just preach for gain. Some people preach for prestige, for the influence they have over others. Some people teach and preach just to transmit their own ideas, their own beliefs about Scripture, their own understanding. It has nothing to do with the Bible. There are a couple of warnings in the New Testament about false prophets. John says, if they say that Jesus did not come in the flesh, he is a false prophet because there were folks in, in John's day that were preaching that. If anybody says that Jesus is not the Son of God, they are a false prophet because there were people in Jesus' day that were teaching that. And there still are people today who are advocating those, those heresies those deviations from Scripture and from the truth. If a prophet does not teach the narrow way that Jesus was talking about, enter by the narrow gate that we talked about last Sunday, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. The gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. If someone teaches or preaches anything other than the narrow way that is hard, and that few people are traveling. And if he's not living it either, then eventually it'll come out. Eventually the fruit, the character of that individual will be displayed. Now I'm not saying go on a heresy hunt or a witch hunt. I'm just saying be on your guard. Be, be always cautious, especially when someone new comes to town. Do y'all remember I know Lynn's class will. We had a, a guy sitting on the front pew here a couple years ago. And he came and he sat. And I heard him say one time that God had told him that he would give him two members from our church to take to another church. He made the mistake of going to a Sunday school class. And he said some things in that class, Wayne, that were wrong. And Wayne Hanna said, you are wrong. And he never came back. That's what we need. We need folks who are speaking and teaching heresy to be called out and told that what they're doing is not biblical, it's not scriptural, it's not what, we're, what we believe, and we aren't going to follow them down that broad path that leads to destruction. Someone who is a prophet will bear the fruit. Galatians 5.22, you remember what the fruit are? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. 
because it's based in love. But a false prophet will bear other kinds of fruit and is probably motivated by greed or pride or selfishness. And so be wary of those. There are good television preachers. Don't, when I wake up on Sunday morning, I watch David Jeremiah. I enjoy him. I enjoy the message that he brings. And it encourages me. And I need to sit and listen to preaching time, from time to time too. I need to be fed and encouraged and taught. No doubt about it. But there are a lot of people on TV that are there making money and asking for money. And so be careful whom you follow. 1 John 4 says this, 4 verse 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are of God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. So test what you hear. Don't just take it at face value. Don't swallow it whole. Test it and see if it is of God and if the person that is speaking it has a character and the lifestyle and the fruit that come from someone who lives the faith. In ancient China, there were gem merchants that brought apprentices into their shop to study the craft of selecting and cutting and selling rare stones and gems. One young man came into this master craftsman one day and requested to become his apprentice. And so the craftsman agreed and said for him to come back the next morning, and so the young man did. And so the craftsman handed the young man a ruby, a genuine ruby, and told him to go over in the corner and sit there and hold it. Throughout the day, that's all he did. Hold that genuine ruby. He came back the next day. The craftsman gave him that ruby and said, go over in the corner and sit there and hold it. He did this the next day and the next day and the next day. And after a couple of weeks of doing that, the apprentice said he complained and wanted to know why he was being treated that way. And the craftsman, without saying a word, placed a stone in the young man's hand to which the apprentice said, that's not a ruby. He had learned to distinguish the authentic from the fake by constant exposure to the real thing. That's what Jesus wants you to do. He wants you to be exposed to his word. Not just on Sunday morning, not just on Sunday night, not just on Wednesday night, but spend time with God in his word throughout the week. Expose yourself to it. Let him reveal himself to it. And then when something comes along that's not genuine, when something comes down the pike that is fake, you will be able to distinguish it because you have been continuously in the presence of the Word of God that came in reality to you. Jesus is saying, beware of false prophets. They are out there. They are out there. And, and it is in his day and it's in our day. Be careful. Beware. Listen. Test them. See if what they say lines up with Scripture. See if how they live lines up with Scripture. If either one do not, they are a false prophet. 
and avoid them. Do not follow them because they will lead you down the broad path that many go that lead downward to destruction. It breaks my heart what false prophets have done to the faith. There are, there are false prophets. I heard a preacher say one time that a false prophet is like a shooting star. There are a lot of stars in the sky that are faithful, that are fulfilling their calling, but everybody notices the one that fails because it gets all the news. It gets all the attention. And, and that's all people need to make fun of the faith. That's all a non-Christian needs to say, see, they're a bunch of um, hypocrites. They're just in it for money. They're just in it for what they can get out of it. And so let's pray that we'll be wise, that we'll be faithful. Our Sunday school teachers, our discipleship teachers, our ministry team, we're all human. And any one of us are subject to temptation. So we need to just pray a barrier around our church fellowship, our family, and around the kingdom. Folks out there on television leading people astray, that folks would see them for who they are and what they're doing and realize and be careful. Let's bow together. Father, I don't stand up here arrogantly say that nothing could ever happen to me, that, that pridefully that um, I could never stumble because you know how, how pride goes before a fall. And so I just pray for our ministry team, Lord, that you would protect us from Satan that would pull us down, pull us off the path, and help us, Lord, to do your will and to serve your kingdom faithfully. I pray for those that have influence in the kingdom over others. I know that it would be better for a millstone to be tied around one's neck than to cause a little one to stumble. And, and little ones, not just in age, but young Christians are stumbling all over the place because they are following the path of one who is not genuine, who's not following you faithfully. And so God, help us to be wary, to be wise, to be circumspect in our own behavior, and to look at others with a listening ear, careful to measure what is said by the truth of Scripture, careful to see how a person lives if it's in line with Scripture, and help us be faithful and following you, and looking to you, and trusting you, and studying the words that you say, so that one, someone deviates from it, will know immediately, and will call their hand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.